Thanksgiving week. We are thankful that you are here today, whether you're joining us in person or online. Thank you for coming to worship and glorify our wonderful God today. I would tell you to stand. I see you guys are excited ahead of me already. That's great. So let's worship this morning. Sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. All I know, oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand chance. Chance when I'm standing in your love, my feet doesn't 
Yeah. 
else with you. We need you, Jesus. God, we need you in our lives. 
Father, we need you in real and tangible ways. In all the different situations that we experience and go through and see, God. Father, we also need you to help us to increase our faith. That in experiences and situations where we're not sure what you're doing, or we don't understand, or we're not sure, maybe don't even feel you working or moving, God, that you would give us faith to trust what you've said. That you're true. And that you're honest and that you're real and that you're faithful and that you care and that you're there working and moving even when things aren't the way that we want them to be even when we don't feel like things are going our way God we have faith we want to be men and women of faith and believe that you're there that you're real that you care nothing else will do we want you Jesus you. Thank you, Father God. We worship you this morning. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Give a good head nod or a fist bump to somebody around you. Say hello. Welcome to Christian Fellowship Church. Thanks for worshiping with us together this morning. Thank you online for joining with us. Shout out to all of you at home or on the phone, wherever you're at. I appreciate you joining in with us. If you're a guest with us, I'd like to welcome you as well. Thank you for being with us. Um, we're excited that you're here with us. We just kind of treat you like family. I said this last week to all our guests. In fact, you can just, at the end of service, because you're family, you can help us set up the chairs or put the chairs away. Uh, <laughs> we set up chairs and tear them down every week. But... Uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, this is uh, this building. Um, we don't necessarily call it the church building, even though it is our church building. Uh, we call this 3410 because we want it to be a place where people can come and gather from the community and experience life together. We have Grow Daycare that meets here during the week, and we have other groups that meet during the week. We have basketball groups that come during the week, and so that's why we pull up the chairs and, and uh, put them back down every Sunday. But it's all... For, for one purpose and one mission, and that's to draw people closer to Jesus. To get them one step closer to Him, no matter where they're at in their journey. And so that's a little bit about us as Christian Fellowship Church and in this space called 3410. We thank you for being here. We would love to know that you're here if you're a guest with us. There's a guest card in your seat back that says uh, new here, and then online there's a link that you can fill out. Um, if you're here with us in person, we do have a guest gift on your way out the door. If you'd like to grab one, help yourself to that uh, over here on your right-hand side. Um, and for everyone else that's here, family members, and friends of family members, we're, we're excited to be worshiping together in person and online. Um, I do want to point out we do have ways to give to continue to support the mission and the vision of the church and uh, to give also in obedience to what God has instructed us to do for our tithes and offerings. And so the ways that we do that is online and also you can mail in your check. We have drop boxes uh, at the back here that you can also drop your giving in that way. But we, we very much appreciate your giving and we depend on it for uh, what God has called us to here in our community. So thank you so much for all of your generosity. Um, and that's the way to give. There is a couple of announcements here before we get going with, our, uh, with Pastor Corey and his message this morning. I'm sure he's going to come preach us some fire up this morning. But... Uh, I'm excited about that, but our announcements, um, one of them is covered in the video, the other one's not, so I just want to hit the one that's not. The Christmas float, if you're interested in helping with that, 
whether it's uh, putting it together, decorating, uh, building, helping put the set together, putting lights and all that on our float. We're going to start on that tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And so if you're available to come up here and help paint and start putting things together for the float uh, for our Christmas parade here in town, then um, we would love your help on that. And it'll be tomorrow starting at 1. If you get off of work later than that, come on over. We're probably still here. working on it and we'll be working on it a little bit throughout the week and then for sure we'll be working on it on Saturday morning and so um, we would love your help with that if you would love to be on the float or in the float there you go come be a part of that we want to we want to be in our community with that float we don't we're not doing it because we want to win we want to win but we're not doing it because we want to win we uh, we're doing it because we we want the community to have something to go do and uh, we, we considered pulling out with everything going on, and we just decided, you know what, um, this is a community event, people look forward to it, and even no matter what happens, we're going we're gonna to be out there and help and be a part of our community and, and give, give something for people to smile at, right? So, uh, so come be a part of that. Uh, the other announcements in the video here, um, love you guys. Corey will be up right after that. What's up guys, we're so excited that you are here. I hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. We figured since last week was so Christmas heavy, we were gonna pumpkin spice things up a little bit. So here we are with the fire in the woods and we're super excited and we have just a announcement for you. All right guys, we are partnering up with Lamar County Meals on Wheels to bless homebound seniors. This year they are doing $15 gift cards to the location of the seniors choosing. So those cards are currently in the lobby on some wreaths hanging on the wall. So there's signs, there's wreaths, ask someone if you don't know. So go grab one, two, ten cards, however much you can afford this year and bless some Lamar County homebound seniors. It's going to be awesome. And if you guys are online, feel free to comment in the comments below and ask for those as well. I think that's it. We love you guys. Pastor Corey is coming up. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Unmuted. Testing one, two. All right. And check one, two. We are good. Thank you, sir. I, uh, so, so normally, normally Will is here and Will has this down like on my seat. Um, and so I can thread it down my shirt and make sure I'm all prepared. And this morning, Will is, well, he's home with COVID. I know, with a whole family. I, truth be told, me and Melissa got our two weeks, and I think he said, you know what, if I, if I say I got COVID. <laughs> Corey's, Corey's bumbled enough with that new headset. I'm just not going to be there, and we'll see what happens. Love you, Will. It's great that you're tuning in. Um, I, I do want to real quickly, before I dive into my message this morning, Brandon mentioned uh, uh, something about the, the, this building, um, talking about um, our, our building, 3410, and, and, and with the parade, our desire to be in the community. And man, can you bring that down just a little bit for me? Um, there we go. Um, and, and with that, guys, what I want to, uh, as I was listening to Brandon, I, I wanted to real quickly just go over a verse. I know there's there's a lot of new people here. 3410 is our physical address, 3410 North Main Street. 
But as well, when we found that out, I, I really felt like God just kind of laid it upon my heart. And I looked up Exodus 34.10. Okay, now let, let me clarify in that I'm not saying this was some super spiritual moment where God wrote Exodus 34.10 in the clouds. I literally searched for what books of the Bible have 34 chapters and 10 verses in them. Um, but in doing that, I, I really did feel like this was the verse that God had, had uh, just kind of instructed or laid upon um, in what we were doing, in our involvement in the community. And I want to reread that. As Brandon talked about this building, it says this. Then the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you. Before all your people, I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all of the world. The people, the people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. I think that is, that right there is, that's the Great Commission. God is doing a work in and through each and every one of us. And in and through each and every one of us, in the opportunity to use a facility, with, it's, it's up to us to, I, I love that last song, caught up in this moment, I never want to leave. And, and even as I saw Brandon start walking forward, I was like, yeah, he's walking forward at the right time, but I don't, I don't want to. I want to stay here and worship. But that's not the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Go ye into all the world. Tell people, tell everybody about the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what, what we are founded on, what we're built on, what each and every one of us should live our lives by. The Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you. And before all your people, before everybody that you know, that includes the ones who you said they don't have a chance, they'll never listen to Christ, they'll never go to church. Before all your people, I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among, that means everybody in our community, outstretched as far as anybody that comes out, reaches through, anybody that crosses our paths. The people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Um, I'm, I'm going to dive into my message here as I, as I pull up my controls. And, and uh, one of the things, guys, that I, I wanted to, to share with you is last week... <laughs> So last week, I, uh, I, I had everybody point. Do y'all remember pointing? Um, I, I, last week, I loved the message. It was so good. I, I talked to so many people this week, and, and, and uh, I was thrilled about it. And I walked up to them, and I they're like, man, I really enjoyed the message. Like, the best part was that you said muchness. It's in the dictionary. I read it. It actually described that word. It said muchness. But with that, I had everybody take their finger and I had you point where? Right to ourselves. So everybody, take your, take your pointer finger, stick it up in the air. Real quick, help me out, help me out, help me out. Point, and now take that same finger that you pointed at yourself last week and point it at anybody you want to. Just across the room. You can use two fingers. Some of you, some of you want to point at the back of a head. Don't let them know you're pointing. You do it anyway. That's what you do. Point at them. Some of you use five fingers, just like all of them. I want all of you. But my question with that, as you're pointing at everybody else, my question this morning is, can you trust God? As we're talking about trusting his purpose, can you trust his purpose when it comes to them? Can you, again, that finger's right back, can you trust his purpose even with everybody around you? They think different. They live different. They look different. They talk different. They dress different. They raise their kids different. They vote different. 
all of these differences. All of these differences. And, and we know, it, it, Scripture tells us the greatest commandment is, is to love God and love people. The greatest command is to love God and love people, but, but, but does, does I love to hate them count? <laughs> if you're online, if you're tuning in this morning online, yeah, you're thinking about somebody, you're pointing at them, but my question to you too is, can you trust God, his purpose in their life too? How do we do this? How do we love God, love people? I want to look at a scripture in John chapter 1, verse 14. This is talking about Jesus. And it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Jesus came in love full of grace and truth. So if Jesus came in love full of grace and truth, then we as his followers, as, as those who are imitators of Christ, what should we do? We should walk in love with, full of, grace and truth. Unfortunately, though, we don't always get it right. We have more of a tendency to swing, swing left, swing right, swing, swing truth, swing grace. We, we have these, 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 these ideas in our head that, that, well, I'm right because, or, or I'm right because. I've got scripture to back it. I can prove it. I can show it to you. My message this morning is, are you full of it? As your wife nudges you, says, uh-huh, yeah, this one's for you. Are you full of it? <laughs> Let me clarify. How do we, how do you and I, how do those tuning in online, how do we represent Christ, how do we represent Jesus in a culture that has become complacent with the church? They've become apathetic towards even hearing about God. How do we then walk in love with grace and truth when, when there's, there's so many that, that don't want to hear it, that don't care? For a long time, we were founded as a Christian nation. Let me move from that. We're not going to go into history on that. But look, so we were founded as a Christian nation, but I've heard scholars now say, I read the other day, that we're now, there's more people that identify as post-Christian than they do as Christian. Post-Christian. Faith in Christ has moved from, from a foundation to more of, uh, now we're, we're on the fringes, if you will. A post-Christian is, is somebody who's had connection with Christianity. In other words, maybe they were baptized or confirmed in the church when they were young. Maybe, maybe they still go Easter's and Sundays, or, or maybe they still make it a point every now and then because mama said, you know, I'll, I'll please mama and I'll go. They've had exposure to some Christianity, but they've chosen to reject the message they heard. They were told about Jesus, but, but they don't care. That's what the definition of a post-Christian is. I'm going to get more into that in a little bit. But as followers of Christ, for you and I, how do we represent Christ? How do we represent him in a way that honors God? 
While, I, while honoring God, we, we, we still acknowledge a culture that's becoming apathetic towards Christ. Again, looking back at our scripture, John 1 verse 14, it, it says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. He was full of it. <laughs> the word translated is full. When you look back at the original Greek, the, the word translated is full. Now, look, I, so if I had a glass and it was like almost to the top, we would consider it full. But this word, when he says full, this, this, this Greek word actually translates as is like completely full to the brim at the point where a single droplet would cause it to overflow. Who's ever, who's ever made the mistake of accidentally overfilling your drink, like right up to the top? It's sitting there, and the conundrum begins. If I wiggle it, if I jiggle it, it's going everywhere. Do I, do I lean in and do the, you know, the, the sip up? Or do I just brave it and go for it very carefully because I'm steady and I can hold it and I can hold it and bring it in, bring it in. Don't, don't, if I'm going to spill, spill backwards. Don't spill towards me. Full, that's what this word is talking about. Why does it matter that Jesus came full of grace and truth? And, and here's like my, my main point that I want you all to take home is because grace saves and truth frees. Grace saves and truth frees. But the problem is we often live on the extreme side of truth or grace. Jesus didn't come with one, he came with both. So the first problem, you have, you have truthers and you have gracers. Truthers and gracers. The first problem, though, is this. If you're, if you're a truther, truth without grace leads to rebellion. Truth is great. Truth sets you free. It, it, truth is powerful. But some Christians, we take the truth, and, 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 and if they're all truth with no grace, that it, it, they, can, they can come across as judgmental, mean, demeaning. That's when it, it, it comes down to, well, if you wear the right thing, then you don't watch the wrong thing. If you make sure and talk the right way, but make sure you don't act the wrong way, then you'll be okay with God. They take truth and they turn it into law. If we're all truth, if we're all truth with no empathy, no understanding, with, with no love or grace, people reject that, even rebel hard against it. I think the, the greatest example uh, that we, we hear a lot about or, or talk a lot about, or at least I hear a lot about, is, is PKs. Who knows what a PK is? Preacher's kid. But even if you're not a preacher's kid, how, how many of you can think of some uh, uh, like a family that you knew, extremely religious, legalistic home? What do you almost always see from the kids? Rebellion. When you lead your family with, with rules and religion without relationship, without that grace, you can almost always guarantee rebellious children. Because truth without grace leads to rebellion. But then you have the other side of that. You have the flip side of that. Grace. Grace, the other problem, grace without truth leads to what's called relativism. Relativism is the belief that there really is no such thing as an absolute truth. As long as, long as you're sincere, as long as you don't hurt anybody, then you're okay. Basically, you can do whatever you want without any kind of standard. There's my truth, and there's your truth. 
And your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth, and that's just how it is. We're all sinners, right? You can't tell me what to do. God loves everybody. Who are you to judge me? And since there's no absolute truth, I mean, God nor anyone can tell me how to live. That's, that's relativism. It's grace without truth, and it leads to the conclusion that it doesn't really matter what you do. Just so long as you're happy, but it leaves us without any type of definitive standard. And what we see happen is with these two extremes, it creates uh, two extremely big problems. This is how we as Christians often mess it up and become full of something that we're not supposed to be full of. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is, is we, we think that we can make ourselves right or offset where we're at on that pendulum swing with, with just a little bit of Jesus. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I go to church once a week. I, I pull up my, my, my phone during the week. I YouTube my favorite preacher, just so long as it's like under two and a half minutes, like a clip. I don't, I don't need the message. I just need something, you know, like a little quick go-getter. Just a little bit of Jesus. You know, maybe, maybe give it a thumbs up. If it was really good, maybe some praise hands. Woohoo! Maybe, maybe just a little bit of Jesus. I'll, I'll read the verse of the day. I, I'm not going to dive into the word. I'm not going to read the word that God gave to me. I just, I just need, you know, like a verse of the day. If I, can, if I can have that emailed to me too so I don't have to look it up, that's perfect. Not so much that it encourages you. Not, not so much that it equips you. Not, not enough that it actually convicts you and transforms your life. Just, just a little bit. Not so much that the word does what it says and renews your mind, transforms your life. Just enough to make you feel better about yourself. Come to church every now and then. If you can. <laughs> But it's that thought that, well, I mean, I'll go to church if I can, if there's nothing else going on, if, if the game's not on at noon, because sometimes preacher gets a little winded. I just need a little bit of Jesus, just enough to make me feel better about myself, but not enough to make me different. But Jesus came full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Full of both. I mean, overflowing to the brim, where, where if you were even so much as around him, Grace and truth spilled over into your life. So then shouldn't it as well be said that we as, as followers of Christ are called as well to live in love with grace and truth. Where when people come our way, when somebody passes us, the, the grace and the truth then just overflows and spills onto them. What exactly is grace? Grace comes from the Greek word that means undeserved kindness, even undeserved favor. It's the undeserved favor of God. Grace, there's nothing you can do to earn it. The very moment you think that you're deserving of grace, it's not grace anymore. We all need it. I'm not saying that we don't all need it. We all need it, but the very moment you think you deserve it, it's no longer grace. Romans 2.24 tells us, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. Now, 
Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on some truth or toes. Notice, it's not truth that leads to repentance. It's the kindness, it's the grace of God that leads to repentance. It's not the truth. Not that we don't need it. Take a breath. My truthers are getting a little worked up. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it's by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's by grace that you have been saved. It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's solely about the gift of God's grace, your undeserved favor. Ephesians 2, uh, verse 9 continues on. It says, salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Now, I'm going to preface this next line by saying I, this isn't in Scripture. I read through the Word, and I know, I know that I know that I know that nothing in there is by accident. Nothing in there is just happenstance or, well, we needed to fill an extra page because the back was still blank, and so we, we added a couple extra lines. So I look at this, and I wonder... When you look at how God or Jesus came full of grace and truth, uh, I, I, do you notice which one was listed first? Anybody? If there's only two. There's grace and truth. You got a 50-50 chance, guys. Come on. <laughs> which one was listed first? Grace. Grace. Is it possible that grace came first because as followers of Christ... We should lead with grace before proclaiming truth. Let me, let me, let me, let me do a, a quick illustration if I can. Um, so everybody here this morning, I had you point. I want you to kind of look up and down, look around, look at the people that you're sitting in here with today. If you're at home as well as here, start thinking about the people that you go to work with, the people that, that are in your circle, the people that you know, the people that you cross paths with. The people at work, the people at school, the people in your life, and my question to you is, which one of them needs grace? As you look at people in this room, I mean, we're in church this morning, right? So, are there some people here that may need grace? Who needs grace? If I went through some scenarios and, and had you ask yourself, do they need grace? Let, let's, start with, well, let's start with the party animal, right? I mean, this guy, he's full-on party every Friday night, Saturday night, still hungover on Sunday morning, so can't come into church. It's beer, it's girls, it's all of it, and I want it all, and I want it now. Does he need grace? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, well then what about, what about the, the great mom? She's a fantastic wife. She raises her children well. And she's got a friend that, that she spends some time with, but, but a lot of the times when her friend's not around, man, she, she, she sits there and, and she's just irritated. She, she sits there and she gossips about her to her other friends, gossips behind her back. Does, does that woman need grace too? We could think about her husband. Maybe her husband is a phenomenal, outstanding guy within the community. He's a, he's a businessman, and he's done really well for himself. 
He knows business upside, downside. He knows how to make money. Part of the reason he's so good with money is that he's, he's greedy with it. I mean, he'll, he'll give to a cause because, you know, it's in the community and it, it, it's needed. But, but if you're going to ask me, like the scripture says, trust me in the tithe, I'll, hold up. I don't know about, like, giving. I, I, I need mine. I got to set aside. I got I to prepare for mine. What about him? Does he need grace too? Or maybe the, the older lady, she's the Sunday school teacher. She leads this small group. She's very godly, but, but in her life, her mom, as she was growing up, she's, her mom was overbearing and controlling. Maybe, maybe even emotionally abusive. And, and this lady just, she can't, can't forgive. Does she need grace? And then, and then there's the really religious guy. I mean, everybody knows that this man is like holier than thou. If you have a Bible question, you're going to him. If, if you have any sort of concern, you're going to him. He knows it all. He walks it all. He's in church every week. He's, he's doing it right. But in his mind, as, as I told him to point around today, if he's online, as he was thinking about, he started thinking about all those other losers. All those other people that, God, they just... They vote different, they talk different, they walk different, they, they do different, and, and that's not right, it's not scripture, it's not how it's supposed to be. Does he need grace? Who needs grace? Which one of these people need grace? Better yet, what about you? What about you? Do you need grace? Sometimes... What happens inadvertently, we get full of the wrong things. We're full of it, but it's not grace and truth. And without meaning to, what we end up doing is, is saying that, that you have to behave first. Truth, truth, truth. You, you have to behave. And, and if you behave, then, then you're allowed to believe. Then you can believe. And, and if you behave and if you believe, then you can belong. You can be a part of us. But you can only belong as long as you behave. And if you stop behaving, well, we're going to gossip about you and call it prayer. Or... Maybe you've got the behaving right, but, but this believing thing, well, you, you, you don't raise your hands. Or you see somebody else that does raise their hands. And your immediate thought is, well, look, you can, you can believe, but you can't belong. You've got to go to another church. Because you do it different than I do. But this isn't the gospel. Jesus never says, change your life and then follow me. Not once in scripture did Jesus ever say, change your life, change their life, and then come and follow me. That, that's why you and I have to adjust our thinking that we're going to lead with grace. We look, I, I want this place, I want this building, 3410, I want this church to be a place where people can belong. Even before they believe. Well before they behave. 
Why? Because it's grace that saves. Well, Corey, what if they voted different than me? Nope. Well, Corey, what if they live a lifestyle that I know is not... Grace first. Now, my truthers are getting a little wound up. They're a little tight right now. He's talking a lot about grace this morning. And gracers are like, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> no. See, some people take that and they go overboard, saying there's no standards. But look with me. Paul addressed this in Romans 6, starting in verse 1. He, he says, should we keep on sinning? I mean, look at your life. Look at what you're doing. Should we keep on doing whatever we want so that, so that God can show us more and more of this wonderful grace? Should we just keep on sinning so that we can live in grace? No. Here's the truth. That same line Paul writes, he says, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Scripture is very clear. It says that when you accept Christ in your life, when you, you're dying with Christ, when he was crucified on the cross, at that very moment, our sin, too, was crucified at the cross. It's the old. Now I'm a new man. So if I'm a new man, how then can I keep on sinning and say I'm just living in grace? The challenge with truth is that we must live, lead with grace, but live in truth. We must lead with grace and live in truth. And again, the challenge now, coming back to the beginning when I talked about post-Christians, post-Christians, they're often skeptical about the truth. People today are more skeptical than they've ever been because we have knowledge at our fingertips. I can look up whatever I want, back up whatever I want with a doctor's note. And it will be completely opposite of what you look up and what you back up with a doctor's note. Post-Christians would tell you that anyone who claims to know truth is, is narrow-minded, arrogant. But, but here's the problem. It's, it's, it's been a miscommunication about what truth is. Because truth isn't restrictive. We have this false mentality that, 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 that truth is, is repressive. Truth is, is even oppressive. But guys, truth? Truth is freeing. Truth, it's liberating. Truth is completely life-giving. Take all the way back. If I, if I show you an example, go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God created Adam and Eve, places them in this garden, this whole magnificent, massive garden full of everything and anything they needed. And then there was one tree, and God says, there's this one tree, the tree, and I don't want you to eat its fruit. What do Adam, what do Adam and Eve do? What? What tree? Right? I mean, a whole garden, and they're fixated on this one tree. Instead of looking at what's available to them, they're fixated on this one tree. You can enjoy anything in the garden, just, just stay away from this one tree because, because if you eat it, you're going to lose your innocence. There's going to be a spiritual death that's going to occur. Don't, don't, just... 
In other words, guys, God's rule, his truth, wasn't to limit their fun. It was to protect them, to set them free to enjoy the rest of the garden. Truth isn't just rules and regulations or morals. It's, it's so much more. Truth, in fact, truth is a person. If you're living all in grace and rejecting truth, then, then what about John 8.32, which says, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth isn't a what, the truth is a who. John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Grace saves, truth frees. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and have the, the band come up. I'm going to start closing. It, don't get your hopes up. Like, I mean, I'm not like two minutes away from closing. This is like short closing. You're still going to beat the Baptists to church. I mean, to, to lunch. You won't beat the Methodists, but you'll beat the Baptists. Coming back to the beginning of all this, at the very beginning, I, I asked you, I asked you to look around the room. If you're online, I asked you to think about people that you know, your circle, friends, the, the people that you know need grace. The ones you work with, the ones that, that vote different, the ones that look different, the ones which need grace, those ones. My question then is, to those, which one of those, of all those people that you looked at, you figured out which ones need grace, now, now which ones need truth? I made a couple scenarios. Which one of these needs grace? Which one of these needs truth? So I come back to, to that wife. She's critical. Here, in this building, look, she's loved. She's welcome here. You belong. That's grace. But the truth is, envy rots your bones. Scripture tells us the envy will rot your bones in the way of healing, freedom. It, it's called love. It's called blessing others. It's considering others better than yourself. I think about the illustration I said of her husband. He, he, he's greedy. He kind of holds on to what's his, what's mine. He too is loved. He's valued. He's called of God. That's grace. But the truth is, Truth is the love of money is the root of all evil. Truth is it's way more blessed to give than it is to receive. Think about the one that can't let go of unforgiveness. She was hurt, young age, and, and, and it's just crippled her for so long. Look, you're gifted. The way you lead, yes, it, it makes a difference. It changes people's lives. And, and it's obvious that God's Spirit, man, His Holy Spirit, is working in and through your life. That His grace is working in you. You're loved. But the truth, the truth is unforgiveness is a significant problem, guys. And, and if you don't forgive, it can be one of the greatest hindrances to your intimacy with God, your freedom in relationships, even with others. It's grace and truth. And then there's that religious judgmental one. He's got the Bible down pat. He too is loved. 
welcomed here. Because look, each and every one of us, we need his depth of understanding in Scripture. But the truth is that pride comes before a fall. The truth is, if you exalt yourself, you're going to be humbled. But if you, if you humble yourself, you're going to be exalted. Grace saves. Truth frees. What about the guy that's full of himself? Full of sin. Inadvertently, he's hurt so many people done some stupid things, but it's been all about, all about me, myself, and I, and it's worked. Maybe full of anger. But the truth is, grace saves him too. Grace saves him too. I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done. David said, though I lay my bed in hell, my God, you are with me. It was grace that saved me. And it was truth that set me free. But taking that further, standing here today, I still need grace and I still need truth. Neither one of these are a one-off. Grace isn't something I got saved and, and now I don't have to live in it. Now I can live in truth. And, and truth isn't something that I can just, I walk solely in truth. And I, I, why can't you get your life right? I, I leave grace to the side. His grace sustains. His truth leads. Grace saves and truth frees. And then, and then grace sustains and, and truth leads and guides. Guys, I'm so thankful that Jesus came full of, overflowing with grace and truth. It's the grace of God, his love that sustains me, his truth that, that speaks to me daily over and over again, leading me. Corey, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious, Corey. Don't, don't get worked up right now. But look, in, in everything, in every question, in every concern that you have, in all of it, man, give it in prayer to me my peace which goes beyond all understanding it will guard your heart it'll guard your mind it'll guard your soul in Christ it's grace and truth his truth that says Corey God God's not giving you a spirit of fear look guys I, I got some great news if we ever have another year if we ever have another year where there's a global pandemic social injustice an election year I got it <laughs> the next time around easy this year though I've been I've had some questions with God I, I there's been some things that I, I just didn't know how it would work and what's gonna happen and I'm concerned and I'm worried and it's been tough it's been tough for everybody but God has not given you a spirit of fear but a power of love and of a sound mind the truth is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean in on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, in everything you do, in the people you come in contact with, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge the goodness of God, and He will make your paths straight. Jesus, He's the Word made flesh. 
full of grace, full of truth, both, both the same, full of grace and truth. I talked about a post-Christian generation. Sadly, uh, a post-Christian generation isn't rejecting Jesus. What they're rejecting is a distorted view of who Jesus is from a church that's been so full of itself. As this song said, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. When I've made it all about me, God, when, 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 I've, when I've just gone through the motions, when, when I've looked at everybody else and, and looked at how they were doing life, and I'm sorry. Look, God, I don't know where everybody in here comes from tuning in online from wherever you're sitting this morning or, or even throughout the week. I, 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 don't, I don't know where you come from, but let me tell you something. You're welcome here. Everyone, you're welcome here. With whatever it is you're facing, guys, with, with, with every question that you have, you're welcome here. With every hurt that burdens you inside, you're welcome here. With, with every bit of baggage, every bit of sin, all of the things that seem to weigh you down, you're welcome here. With your addictions, you're welcome here. And you're going to hear truth. You're going to hear about the truth. The truth, his name is Jesus. And, and Jesus wants to set you free from all of that. He changes us. He wants that you would have abundant life, his, his word tells us. And I know that I know that I know if you see him as he really is, not as how, how we've distorted who he is or, or what we've made it into, but, it, but if you see him as he really is, if you have a relationship with him full of grace and truth, man, I, I know that you can't help but just desire to follow, to follow him. Come on. I, I want to close in prayer. Yeah, but before I do, I, I want to I sing this this line, I'm sorry. If you'll sing that through with us. God, we just want you. Where you're at, if you just shut your eyes, just you and God, just worship right now. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you And I'm sorry yes, When I've come with my agenda I'm sorry When I forgot that you're yeah. enough Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Father, I pray this morning that you would give us eyes to see. To see people as you see them, Lord God. Not through our agendas, not through our ideas, not through, through what we believe, Lord God, but more so just, just as you see them. The heart that you have for them as they are, Lord God. A love for them. 
Father, that we would welcome people, that we, that we would show your grace in, in the same way, Lord God, that you showed us grace, in the same way that you, you hung out with, with those who religion rejected. God, give us that grace. And then, God, I pray by the power of your spirit that your truth, not, not our opinions, God, but your truth would set us free. And I pray that you would help us to show that truth. Help us to live out that truth, God, in, in a world that has a, a lot of reasons to not like Christians. God, can we show them who you really are? Because we know who you really are. Father, you're the good news that, that brings great joy. God, help us to love. Help us to live with grace, with truth. As I continue to pray, look, I, I, there may be some that are sitting here this morning. And if you and I were just to sit down and, and talk face to face, and I were to ask you, where do you stand with God? Across this room, there, there's different thoughts, there's different ideas. Some may say, look, I, I don't know, Corey. Maybe you are a, a post-Christian. Maybe you were raised in church, but, but, but what you were taught, what you were raised with, man, it, it, was, it was hurtful. It was, it was just, it was jaded. And because of that, you've, you've walked away. You, you, you don't even know that, that you, you ever want to go to church. Man, there may be some that are tuning in, and your very thought has been, I, I'll never go through the door of another church again. I know those people. They're hypocritical. Whatever the situation is, today you find yourself not really engaged in following Jesus. You, you know about him. Look, I truly believe it's the Spirit of God that's, that led you here today, that caused you to tune in online. It's not by accident. There's no accidents that happen in Scripture. What that is, it's the loving kindness of God. He's drawing you. Scripture says he wants to have a relationship with you. It's something about it. It's a God who, who is so holy, and yet, and yet he loves us right where we're at, even though we're not holy. It's the grace of God that draws you. I'm going to make an invitation here. And what I'm not doing is I'm not asking you to join a church. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even asking you to behave. What I am asking this morning, what I am going to invite you to do is follow Jesus. Who is he? He's truth. He was the sinless son of God. He was perfect in every way. And the truth of God, it was, it was his justice was satisfied. Scripture tells us that, that all sin, by, but sin is, is the reason that, that sin is, we're deserving of death because of our sin. But God's justice was satisfied when Jesus gave his life on the cross. His grace was lavishly on display as he died in our place. Scripture says so that whoever, anybody, whoever should so much is, is look, call on him. Whoever includes you. If you would just call on him, Scripture says you will be saved. Look, not saved by your own religious works, not saved by, by anything other than by grace, by the goodness of God. And then what? Then there's the truth. 
His name is Jesus, and he wants to free you. He wants to transform your life. Scripture says he'll forgive every sin you've ever committed. You'll be brand new. You're different. You're changed. You're, you're new. The old is gone. The new is come. And guys, if... If you're here this morning and you want to pray that prayer, man, I, I'm not going to have you come up or do some song and dance because it's not even about a prayer. It's about a relationship. But I, I do want to pray with you this morning. If you'll real quickly with every head bowed, eye closed, just raise your hands. I want to pray with you where you're at. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. 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 Guys, if you will with me, let's have everybody stand up. Lord Jesus, I thank you. This morning, Lord, guys, God, we're, we're surrendering our lives. We're, we need you more than anything, God. We're giving you our life this morning. If you will, if you'll repeat after me, guys, just pray, Heavenly Father. I surrender my whole life completely to you. Save me by your grace, Jesus. And free me with your truth. I give you my life. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Heavenly Father, again, I just thank you so much for your word, your truth, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord God, you are the rock that we can stand on, the, the foundation that we can lean into, Lord God, even when everything else around us is shaking, Father. Even when everything else is in turmoil. Father, I pray that you would lead us and guide us in a way that, that, that steps forward with grace to those around us that think different, look different, vote different, are different, whatever their situation, Lord God, that's okay because you're gonna do a work in their life. Let us lead with grace, Father. Knowing that it's you, it's you, God, who saves. Your truth. Father, I thank you for the work you're doing through this place, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that as scripture says, that, that you would do wonders never done before in any nation in all the world, God. That right here, because of a people that rise up full of grace, full of truth, Lord God, that we would see wonders never before done in any nation. And the people, Lord God, that we live among, the people, Lord God, that look different, the people that are different, our nation, our community, Lord God, our world would see how awesome it is, the work that you, God, are doing. Father, we give you the glory. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome, guys, give a clap. Hey, listen, 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 one more. One quick announcement that we forgot about. Listen, I want to make you all aware, this Wednesday, guys, I'm super excited. We've hit December. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. We're doing Worship Wednesday this Wednesday, and we're going to be having communion at the same time. We've, uh, we're doing it different than we've done before. We made sure to get the prepackaged styrofoam um, half grape juice stuff. Uh, but hey, look, we're coming in here. It's not about what we're eating or drinking. It's about acknowledging Jesus Christ. Y'all come out this Wednesday night, an hour of just worship while we're taking communion. God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you all.